What's up, Good Morning Hospitality listeners? You are listening to our special hotelier edition of Good Morning Hospitality, and we want to give you a message from our partners at Sojo. Now, we have partnered with Sojo, whether you're a hotelier or a vacation rental management company or operator in the space, you can then sign up for Sojo's products from amazing soaps, shampoos, coffee boxes, and even wine. Some states you may not be able to get shipped to, so make sure you check out what states you can. But you can partner with them and get dynamically placed amenities to your property. Hotel or vacation rental, it doesn't matter. They have the ability to do it and it's all dynamic. So that means whenever you're getting bookings, you're getting amenities. When you're not getting bookings, you're not getting amenities, AKA you're saving money by not having to subscribe to another software and service that only goes off of a subscription. This actually goes off of your calendar and your volume. So, reach out to our friends at Sojo. And if you have 50 properties or more, make sure you ask them about their custom branded amenity boxes just for your brand. They would love to take care of you. The team is amazing. And of course, we loved having Max, the founder on the podcast, just a few short months ago. So thank you so much to our friends at Sojo. And now back to Good Morning Hospitality with Sarah and Steve. Welcome to Good Morning Hospitality your one-stop shop for the latest news, noteworthy trends, and thought-provoking discussions across the industry. From hotels and short-term rentals to all things travel and hospitality, you'll find each episode equips you with the information that you need to start your week. Join us on Good Morning Hospitality every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm dancing over here because I'm into our intro video. I know. I guess we pumped up every time. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everyone. Um, today is going to be a really exciting episode. We, um, I don't know about you, but Steve, but like I am a big fan of numbers, analytics, data. Um, I've been a fan of that for, for many, many years. And I know that today's conversation is going to be great. Uh, we actually have a guest on today, which will be cool. Um, but before we introduce him and talk about that, definitely want to do a little bit of a roll call. So if anybody happens to be, uh, joining us live or well, for those that are joining us live, uh, please let us know where you are joining in from. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to this on the repeat, make sure to join us live next time. Cause we love knowing where everyone's listening from. So let's see, let's put a bet on who's Ooh. furthest away. Let's see what Ooh, country is furthest, furthest away. away from us. So <laughs> let us know where you're at. We're already seeing Denver, Colorado. That's a little Love. too close. That's in between both of us from Miami and LA. So. You're like, that's a little too close. <laughs> oh my gosh. No judgment here. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it, and now, and that's going to be a little bit of a challenge too, because we got East coast, West coast, um, not a rivalry, by the way. We are totally working together on this. Oh, middle seat on a United flight. Wow, that is fun. Uh, that's good times. Uh, Nashville. Hello. I'm actually going to be in Nashville in like maybe five weeks. Austin. I'm actually going to be in Austin in three weeks. By the way, when we are like... <laughs> we got friends in every city now. I we love do. this. We do. We're going to see everybody. Newport Beach, Sarah. Uh, that's awesome. Um, so... So awesome. yeah, I love seeing this. And Sarah, I got to say, I miss talking to you. We have to talk more than just once a week because yeah, we, we only talk once a week and then we meet backstage for some coffee and then we come out and talk to you all. But yes. I'm excited for today. We have our first guest, mm -hmm. hopefully the first of many. Hopefully we don't scare them off after this. Oh, goodness. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, I love being able to do this with you all every yeah. single week. So we appreciate the support. 
it makes it a lot of fun for us. It does. It definitely makes it a lot of fun. So for those that um, have seen today, we're basically going to be doing a deep dive into hospitality analytics with Jan Freitag. And uh, he's got a really great background. Steve, do you want to go ahead and do? Um, yeah, absolutely. Let's, uh, bio. let's talk about Mr. Jan Freitag is the national director of hospitality analytics for the CoStar group. So he's a big deal. He is a sought-after speaker, and he has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Associated Press, Bloomberg, Forbes, and many more. But he really has his thumb on the heartbeat of what's going on in hospitality. And I think if you got questions that you would love to hear about how certain cities are doing, what big trends are, leave them here in the comments. And Definitely. if you're listening to this on the playback, make sure to connect with Jan because he always shares a lot of great comments online. So I think without further ado, should we bring on Jan yeah. and get yeah, some questions answered? A little intro video for him, and then we'll bring him on. Oh, well, I like the clapping. Wait a second. Wait yeah, we got the crowd. God, wait a second. <laughs> we're the moving clapping. up in the world. We have sound effects on our show now, Sarah. We're, we're getting big time. That was awesome. The, yeah. I would like to have that sort of clapping every time I entered the room. <laughs> well, Jan, it's great to have you on the show. I know how busy you are, and we're grateful that you're spending some time with us this morning. And, you know, if you could share with us, what are you seeing kind of the big overview in travel? Maybe we can start with the United States. How are we seeing things in hotels? Thank you, first of all, for having me. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to be with you and share a little bit of, of data and um, hopefully have a lively q and I saw Nashville's representing. That's where actually I'm based as oh, well. So very nice. Down, you know, let's have a coffee. Um, the state of the industry right now is super interesting because depending on who you talk to, you get very different answers. Mm -hmm. So I gave a presentation, I don't know, like two weeks ago or so, and I was trying to sort of come up with the combining overarching theme for the state of the industry. And I don't know, have you seen Barbie, the movie? I've seen Barbie the movie. Yes. And have you seen Oppenheimer? I did not, not see yet. Oppenheimer, but I do remember like what was going up. on, like in the like everyone's like, "Oh, are you going to do Barbie? Are you going to do Oppenheimer?" And obviously, starkly very different. Right, and there were all these memes right going around mm -hmm. about combining yes. Barbie and Oppenheimer into this Barbenheimer. So it's like yeah. happy go lucky, everything's fine, and destroy all worlds. Everything is coming to an end, and that's a little bit. The state of the industry right now so like my theme for the presentation was barbenheimer you know because you can wow. sort of pull out a bunch of really great data points mm -hmm. right leisure travel certainly very very healthy corporate transit demand slowly creeping back yeah. group demand pretty good new supply not an issue or oh wow the coastal house ball is for a recession and consumer spending may be teetering because credit card debt is going up. International mm -hmm. travel, nowhere near where it should be. Airline mm -hmm. prices super high. Will that impact how people are traveling going forward? Downtown markets like San Francisco, like Portland, like Seattle, still struggling. Mm -hmm. So you pick, I guess. Well, I would say I would like to see where is the, the Barbies cities of the world? Where is everything nice and happy? And the uh, mojo, the mojo dojo, Ken House. Where is everything going well? So the standard answer used to be Miami. Mm -hmm. 
But there is this theme going around, and my colleague from SGR, Isaac Calazzo, and I have explored this a little bit in writing and in our podcast, this term of normalization, right? So mm -hmm. that what comes up must come down. And also what did poorly is now doing better. Yeah. So the winners of the pandemic, clearly Miami, Tampa, Vegas, and those are sort of normalizing, right? Mm. So the, um, the, the uh, Tampa RevPAR in August was up 1.4%, which is really, really low, right? But mm -hmm. on the other side, um, you see, for example, um, Houston, Las Vegas, LA, um, New Orleans market that didn't do so well. They're coming back now. Unfortunately, San Francisco is still sort of struggling. But in yeah. general, downtown areas like New York have mm -hmm. certainly come back. And then on the other side, you have these beach leisure destinations that had seen tremendous run up in demand and in room rates, certainly, those are coming a little bit down to earth. What I mean by that is that the growth rates are slowing. Yeah. I don't think anybody's saying room rates are declining. Yeah. They may be year over year sort of flattening out. But keep in mind that, for example, for luxury hotels, we're still 30% higher than we were in 2019. So year over year, maybe flattening, softening. But compared to 19, you know, life on the room rate side is pretty good. That's crazy i mean that's that's a significant jump now have you got are we seeing because i know this is something that i talk about quite a bit is that you know people are willing to pay the higher prices um but are they feeling like they're really getting their value is that is there like oh you're smiling what's that smile for that is an ongoing conversation. Yeah. When I talk to owners and operators who run super high end, you know, luxury type mm -hmm. properties, you say, wow, you used to charge $800 a room and now you're charging $1,800 yeah. for a room that is four years older. Uh huh. How does that jive? And part of the argument is that for the one percenters or somebody called them the basis point like the very high end of the income the basis mm -hmm. point <laughs> they i don't want to say they don't care but they're you know maybe a little bit more price agnostic and they just want the experience and sure. if you provide the location specifically with the service then th that that the pricing conversation is not really part of the initial oh can i do I want to do this trip? It's about, do I want to be there? Can I bring my family together? Does it have the experiences that I want? I think as you go down the food chain, you know, and down, down the room rate ladder, you know, you may have this conversation, hey, this used to be a full service hotel. Now the, bre the, um, the restaurant is only open for breakfast. What's going on? You know, housekeeping mm -hmm. services used to be every day and now it's every other day. What's going on? The spa yeah. still not open. I think all of those conversations are part of the value equation that, that you talked about. It's hard to sort of paint that with one broad brush to say, oh, there's less value yeah. or there's more value. I think it's property by property. Yeah. So I'm and talking to a lot of CEOs of hotel groups. We're starting to see them getting in, into experiential hospitality, where it's more of an experience versus... A standard hotel room. Are you seeing any data on that, that people are willing to pay for those experiences, whether it's glamping or ultra luxe and remote areas or things that are tied around experiences? Are you seeing that pop up or is that not something on the radar right now? Yeah, I think if you had wide open spaces, 
you know, just lots of outdoor space, be it in the middle of Utah or be it just in, you know, drive to two hours, three hours away from a major metro area with lots of land. You did really well mm-hmm. in 21, 22. And people are trying to build on top of that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's always going to be a thing, especially, I mean, you hear the COVID numbers are coming back up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we also hear group travel is coming back. Mm-hmm. And if you have people who wanted to get together, but you also want to say, hey, maybe we can do something outside. You know, I think properties that have outdoor space, you know, have more of the experience. I think that is absolutely something. We don't track glamping, um, but it's absolutely on people's <laughs> radar just because the cost of entry is yeah. so much cheaper, right? You can, I mean, if you if you have a hotel that costs $1,000, sorry, $100,000 a key, it's not great. It's going to be fine. But if you have a tent that costs 100 grand, that is, wow, you know, that's going to be spectacular. Mm-hmm. And so then, therefore, you can really upcharge on that. I think a lot of glamping or tent or, or alternative accommodation providers are really looking into that. Yeah, and it was interesting because I saw Aman is doing it at Amangiri, and they're getting higher rates for their tents than the rooms that they spent millions of dollars on. So it's mm-hmm. interesting to see. I mean, have you seen the tent? Yeah, it's, <laughs> this is a million-dollar tent, but it is a tent. <laughs> have you seen right? the tent? <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, right? But as as what I, I like looking at those things, and I have one other question, Sarah. I'm, I'm yeah, no, over please, a please, bit, please. But I had no, a question for you. So we have a lot of people who are developers and investors that are listening to the show, and if they could ask you the question of like, look, I want to open something somewhere. What is the top market that you're seeing that they could get into at the right numbers and be able to drive the right ADR to be successful? Nashville, of course. <laughs> hometown of nashville um i just wrote a little article about this because i heard this conversation at industry conferences normally at the cocktail hour so i wasn't really sure if there was something to it but this idea of a blue city in a red state Mm. oh so interesting this idea of like having a state that is on the headline business friendly with the city that attracts a very diverse workforce and then you go down the list, you know, and I mean, Nashville's on the list, but like Austin, you know, and other markets like that, where you're like, oh, interesting. They've really seen supply increase much more quicker than a red city in a red state. Now, the caveat to that is that the population counts are very, very different in those yeah. two samples. So, yeah, you would argue larger cities attract more development. But I just thought it was an interesting thought exercise, you know, because people had talked to me about that before, that they found that really, really attractive. Um, another market that comes up all the time is Salt Lake. You know, oh, wow. Salt Lake, Lake. certainly. Um, you know, just people that just mm-hmm. markets that have obviously a strong business center and a strong group center, but then also lots of leisure uh, attractiveness. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've got That's- the cities there. So Salt Lake is your number one city. Is that the headline to invest uh, in a hotel property? Yes, I can't give investment advice, but you know, <laughs> it's a lovely city to visit. <laughs> You're always a fine print. I, of course, I don't blame you for that. Uh, we actually did have a couple questions come in. Um, so uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, perfect. So great. So we got Josiah here that said, um, what's the biggest opportunities for hospitality leaders to create demand in the markets that they operate in now? 
so I talked to a bunch of general managers over the last couple of weeks and to a bunch of meeting planners, and I am surprised that stopped at the lack of lead time for book for group bookings. The group booking oh. window has been completely crushed. And we Shortened. used to say, wow. Interesting. wow, this is really short. It's in the quarter, for the quarter. I've heard people talk about in the month, for the month. What? Right. And I was like, wait, how do you even how logistically do that and get people on a plane? Uh, how do so, I can't even get that many people over at my house for a, a dinner? <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, um, you can't force them. Your CEO could force them. This is true. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe you should force them. The <laughs> argument here is that because we are not in the office all the time anymore, like we used yeah. to be in 2017, 18, 19, but a head of HR and a CEO still want to build culture. Mm -hmm. We need to get people together, you know, and what better way to do that than in a hotel in a nice location? Hey, everybody, Wednesday night, let's all go to, I don't know, Austin, Orlando, have a nice dinner, Thursday morning team building, Thursday afternoon training, and everybody leaves again. You know, so yeah. these are meetings that arguably didn't exist in 2018 or 19. It's a different smaller and much shorter. Yeah. But the volume of those is a lot higher. So I think if you're trying to attract you know, more demand or different demand, maybe go to those corporate clients that you have and say, hey, I know that you are booking meetings to build culture and I'm here to serve, you know, so that might be one way to think about it. You know, the other thing is, I think drive to uh, destination, drive to leisure destination is, is mm -hmm. certainly coming back. Oil prices, gas prices, notwithstanding. We've done studies, JP Morgan has done studies. There's very, very lower almost no relationship between gas prices and drive to demand so you know just lean into those people who can get to you easily well and that's interesting no no i was just gonna say that's interesting because obviously you know even with like prices around flights i mean those have gone up so significantly um and that it's like even with the however much the difference is in pricing regarding gas it's like it's still cheaper than uh three, four, five plane tickets if you're traveling with a family. And so they're like, no, we're definitely going to be doing, uh, we're driving this year. So that that is fascinating because obviously that did have a far bigger impact before, but now it's almost like such a difference compared to depend, uh, hotel, um, airline prices that people are just opting for that. Yeah, the, the argument I always make is like, look, gas goes theoretically from four to five dollars, like a yeah. dollar more. You get 20 gallons in your car, 20 bucks you get 20 miles of the gallon it's 400 miles your mother-in-law lives whatever 350 miles away are you really not going to see your mother-in-law because of 20 dollars it's like no you're going to get yeah. the zone you're going to do that trip you're definitely you're going to go to disney you're going to go to the theme park with your kids the, the gas price the sticker shock is yeah sure you're like oh my god you know it's up but a as you said compared to to airfare mm -hmm. and b just in the bigger scheme of things it doesn't really matter yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything's go prices for everything are going up. Steve, what were you going to ask? Were you going to pull up another question here? Yeah, I was going to ask another question, but I have my own now. Now that I saw Wills, but we'll do Wills. Is there data around the property type brands that are seeing consistent growth in RevPAR? Good question. Yes, there is. But if I talk about it, I get fired. Okay. So we Got won't it. mention the exact <laughs> brands. I was about to say, I was like, yes, there can is. Can we say that the brands are more in the five star, three star? range or maybe not brands but ca other categories 
So there's another I mean, question. Yeah. We've we've seen obviously on the luxury side really strong rate growth. Mm-hmm. Back to your earlier question, who's that customer in 2021 and 2022? They theoretically could have gone anywhere, but they said, no, let's just say put. You know, yeah. Miami Beach, Colorado, the Keys. Now, 2023, everybody went to Europe. Did you go to Europe? Uh, Seems like all my friends did. Everyone was in Italy and Greece that I was right? on my you social media. Instagram feed. No, no, <laughs> everybody went to Europe this summer. This was the summer of going to Europe. Yeah. And I mean, we, we were seeing that, I mean, even destinations like Mexico, for example, where everybody was going to Mexico, certainly in the middle of the pandemic, it was close, or at least it was something international, et cetera. And now, and or beach destinations within the United States, everybody was like, okay, we've been there, we've done that. Let's go back to Europe. This was 100% uh, the summer of European travel. Yeah. And so luxury hotel chains were able to drive rate in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. That room rate growth has moderated a little bit. Lini Olberg from Marriott made this super interesting comment on the latest Marriott earnings call. Hmm. But she said that they saw on the luxury room rate side, room rates are slowing, but she said it's not discounting, it's mixed shift. And the way she explained it is that we used to sell these resort room rates at very high rates, but now we're selling a few more, a few fewer of those, but we're selling more urban luxury properties. And obviously that room rate is a little bit lower. So we're not discounting, we're just getting a slightly different mix. And that then drives the ADR growth down. I said, oh, this is really interesting. Can I replicate this on a national level? And you absolutely can. So we're not. So you and I are still going to pay super high rates on the resort side, mm-hmm. but the ADR on the luxury side looks like it's declining because we're getting the corporate transient traveler back into the mix. Yep, and I can see it just boots on the ground here in Miami. I see that happening. We have groups coming back, um, but the occupancy is definitely staying there. But the rates have come down. So all the general managers saying. We're still getting demand. It's just not at that ultra high rate that we're seeing, like we saw the last two years. So it's interesting to see what you're seeing globally. I get to see daily down here. And then what's, oh yeah, keep, yeah. What were you going to say? No, yeah. it's just, and that's obviously you pay out of your own pocket and you want to treat your, your, your spouse or your family. It's a slightly different purchase decision, even for the same hotel. Then, mm. hey, I'm working for CoStar. I book it for Concur. The rate is the rate is the rate, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's what it is. And that's often, you know, pre, pre uh, discounted or pre-negotiated. Um, so it was interesting because uh, Josiah actually wrote in, he was like, Europe was providing, but he, he was arguing that um, Europe's providing v- better value where five-star hotels, let's just say averaging for like three, like let's say 350 a night um, versus for what we are getting in the, in the United States for $350 a night. Um, and there is, a bit there is that difference and i also feel like that a, a lot of that's also impacting why are international travelers coming to the united states we haven't seen the numbers go back to where they were from 2019 what are we kind of seeing behind that what's holding international travelers from coming back to the united states in the in the same numbers that they were before the data set that i use for that is super easy to get it's free it's your taxpayers it works the department of commerce publishes something called the i92 apis data set right okay i'd like to buy a vowel perfect thank you you can get that and what it is it's just the airlines by law have to tell the u.s government 
who's coming and who's flying out. Like how many Americans are going out and how many non-Americans are coming in mm-hmm. and vice versa. And they track it by month and they make it available very, very quickly after the fact. So the August data is already out, which for government data is like, wow, that's pretty cool. And you can see very, very clearly that this year, if you compare to the same month, 2019, American outbound is roughly well, 10, 15% higher than for the same month, 2019. International inbound is down, call it minus 15, minus 20% or so. Hmm. So yes, you're exactly right. Fewer international travelers are coming. That certainly hurts coastal markets, right? Yeah. LA, San Francisco, Seattle, New York, Boston, Las Vegas to a degree. What's missing clearly is the Chinese traveler. Mm-hmm. You know, and the Chinese government has now said, yes, group travel is allowed again. But my anecdote there is always the day after the announcement, the stock price for Korean air went up 20%. So the point is, they, like investors assume, oh, this is going to be an APAC mm-hmm. lift, not a global lift. Mm-hmm. You know, that the Chinese have yeah. to A, get their passports because a lot of passports expired, they couldn't travel, then they yeah. have to get a visa, visa wait times are still an issue, and then they have to get here and the flight from China to the America is hard if the Russian airspace is closed because of the war in Ukraine. So there's just a whole lot of headwinds against the Chinese traveler. And yeah. so I'm not as bullish on this idea of, oh, you know, the, the, the floodgates are opening and the, the, the Chinese group traveler is coming back. I think they're traveling. I think it's going to be APEC first, Europe second, America's first, a third. Yeah, absolutely. It makes complete sense. I mean, especially when you break it down like that. I mean, there's so many factors that go into it and, and you're completely right. Um, wow. Oh my gosh. I have like yeah. so many more questions to ask. This I is know. kind of like, like, and, and for all the listeners, you've sent so many great questions. We can't get to all of them yet. Yeah, um, but Jan, it was great having you on the show. We hope we can bring you back. Hopefully we didn't scare you off. No. Uh, and we can have you back. But but I do. But I would love to continue having Jan on tip for as we like wrap up. First of all, I have so many more questions, but we won't get to them. But um, we do these two little like segments as we kind of start to wrap up the show, just kind of being like mindful um, of timing here. So we do this thing that's called a real time recap segment where we just do a quick round table. And it's like, you share something that you experienced in, um, in a hotel or hospitality, like within the past week in any realm, it doesn't have to be a hotel, but any sort of hospitality story that you have, um, just so that we know it's out there alive and well and kicking or, or not in areas that we need to improve. So, um, would you be down to, we can start over on, on our end, but would you be down to, to share a story yeah, or something? Happy to. I, I thought about it, um, prior to coming on. So I have a, I have a very quick snippet. If, uh, oh, perfect. Yeah. Do you want to lead go? us off? Go ahead. Yeah. Lead us off for sure. Oh, so I travel quite a bit. Sure. <laughs> I have to present. I don't it. pick my own hotels. Um, <laughs> and they're always very, very nice to me. But my public service announcement request is, can we just have the dark, like a, a dark room, please? Can you just, as a GM, go into the rooms at night and close all the blinds and see what lights are still on and how hard it is to get <laughs> your room dark? I really, I'm not asking for much. Hot food hot, cold food cold, and a dark room when I sleep. Please, can we just get rooms dark? Wow. So you all really right. find that like some rooms just don't get dark enough. And there are lights everywhere. Yeah, there like, are there's lights everywhere. And there's the TV, and then there's the that alarm, and this alarm, and... Oh. The night lights, a lot of rooms have night lights now in bathrooms that don't turn off either. 
So be a guest in your own hotel, right? We, we That's might the need headline. To, I know what I'm getting you, Jan. I'm getting you a sleep mask, okay? <laughs> All right, any, anything to help the cause. Um, no, I love that. No, that, that's a really good point because that's something that's so simple and it's it's amazing. By the way, it's amazing how many um, operators, whether it's general managers or 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 other management, doesn't actually get stay in their own property. Um, and it's like that to me is like 101. Like stay in your own property, see what like experience the towels, like see how it how it you have to turn mm -hmm. on the shower. How complicated is it to turn on the shower? It can yeah. be complicated in some places. You got to be right? a guest in your own hotel and inspect what you expect, right? Exactly. That's, that's, that's how it goes. Steve, you got a quick little uh, real-time recap. I've got a quick one. And I, you know, I bring it back to my place here in Miami Beach because that's where I like to hang out. Is yeah. uh, a new little favorite breakfast spot at the Cadillac Hotel on Miami Beach. Nice. It's uh, I just walked in randomly and it's a great price. Not this crazy South Beach pricing. Very friendly staff in a beautiful location. I've been twice now in a week and they're not paying me for this. I just enjoy going there. So shout out to them at the cadillac hotel love that shout out to them um so my quick real-time recap i uh so i bought a car a couple days ago some some individual close friends know um but it was this interesting moment when, when i went to go pick up the car and had this exchange obviously super i mean like you're getting a car why would you be grumpy like you're excited you're like yes we don't do that we don't get cars every day in our lives and um and we were having a good time. And the guy was just like, he's like, man, this is so nice to like be talking to you guys because like most people are just not so friendly or like, or even happy. And it just was that reminder because for all of us that have worked in hospitality, we certainly know, um, you know, people can definitely be wearing their grumpy pants when they come to interact with you. And that's me being very PG saying that, but, um, but it was just this reminder that he he was just like, thank you guys for just like having fun. And it's something so simple that we have to remember for those of us that are traveling places, we also are part of the hospitality equation as the guest. It is mm -hmm. a two-way street. So um, just that reminder that it's like, yes, you could be, you know, you might be working and you're being bombarded with multiple personalities and, and emotions all day long. But um, when you are traveling to just, you know, lead with some excitement or be positive, even if you are tired, because it, it can change the whole uh, interaction. So I don't know. I'm always that's a well said. <laughs> See, we, we, well said. And that's why we got to get our guest uh, rating system in place from last episode. Yes, we do. Guests. Yes, we do. Yeah. What do you, are you up for that? Do you like that idea where guests end up being rated kind of like what they do on other platforms? Oh. Um, yeah, but sure. Like, I'm not the offender, so that sounds great. This guest keeps complaining about not enough dark room. One star. Oh, yeah, that's right. I am the offender. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. I love this. Well, again, I love doing that little segment um, just because it, get, it just brings it to uh, today, the here and now, because, again, we're all um, out there traveling or interacting um, even with all different elements of hospitality. Um, so we'll just, uh, as we kind of wrap up, we also end off with um, a quote here. So the quote that we've got for today is the key to set realistic customer expectations. Um, it, it's not to then just meet them, but to exceed them. 
preferably in unexpected and helpful ways. And Sir Richard Branson said this, and I love this. It's so simple. We know it. For all of us that have worked in hospitality, we know it's all about exceeding expectations, but it's exceeding um, expectations really in helpful and, as we've mentioned on other shows, thoughtful ways. So mm -hmm. I think that that's a, a nice sort of positive way to, to wrap it up. But thank you, Jan. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Um, you were invited back anytime because... I, I know that we can all like totally dive into all of these stats and data because I mean, it's what we're seeing. And, um, and even if we don't know what we're seeing, it's nice to kind of have these numbers and understand where the trends are going to see where, um, where we stand and like what we can expect moving forward. So um, you will be back. I'm telling yes, you that. So much for having <laughs> me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely be sure to have all of um, Jan's details in the show notes so that you can connect with him, um, stalk him with all of your questions. I'm just putting that out there, inviting people to do that. Um, and uh, yeah, but Hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm pretty prolific on LinkedIn. So that's probably the easiest way to get in touch with me. So just ping me there. Perfect. Great. So definitely be sure to, to connect with him on LinkedIn. But, um, but again, thanks to everybody who has tuned in um, for sharing your questions in real time. But if you have questions or topics that you'd like to cover us to cover in the future, please let us know. We are always, um, we want to be able to talk about things that you find interesting as well, too. That not only we find interesting, but you do. Um, also, we have a very new thing called the GMC Report. Steve, you want to quickly tell all of our viewers about that? Yeah, absolutely. This is a great tool. The GMC Report is a dynamic report to showcase the hospitality businesses that have received venture capital or private equity funding along with the company acquisitions. So make sure to sign up and get emailed report from hospitality entrepreneurs and investors. So a great report that the team here has put together with all the investments that are going on in our space. So make sure to sign up. Exactly. That's going to be at goodmorninghospitality.com backslash the GMC report. We'll make sure to share that link in here as well, too. And if you love the show, which you probably did, <laughs> be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. So thanks so much, everyone. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. And Jan, you are coming back again and again. <laughs> looking forward to it. Thank thanks you, guys. So Thank you.